comparison is the thief of joy. The moment that you compare yourself, what you're doing compared to someone else, and this can be applied to motherhood or to anything, the moment that you look and go, they're doing it better than me, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what struggles they're going through. You you can't view others out of the lens of your own life because they're not you and you're not them. So, you know, look at them and if they if they're doing something great, aspire to be like that, but but don't take away from what you're doing in your own life. So, especially with social media, like during when I was breastfeeding Thomas my first, like I'd be sitting there at 3 a.m. scrolling Instagram and this was before Mums Who Wine and all of that. Um, and I'd be looking at these beautiful mums that are like, you know, back into size six jeans and they've got these perfectly manicured fingers. And I'm just like, I am failing. How am I doing this? And I'm like, well, of course, I can't compare myself to those. So as mums, as women, as business women, as whoever it is, just, you know, don't compare yourself because it will rob you of your joy. Hello and welcome to Mum Life, a podcast for ambitious mums navigating the sweet and messy journey of motherhood. I'm Leonie Akidanor and each week I will bring you conversations with mums and parenting experts about the highs and lows of motherhood and tips to make our lives that little bit easier. Hi everyone, I hope you've been staying safe and well, particularly during these COVID times. We've been in lockdown here in Melbourne and although we were actually in a lockdown when our last episode went live last Tuesday, I haven't had a chance to discuss this because we record these episode intros a few days ahead of time before they go live. So I guess this is an opportunity for me to have a bit of a chat about some of the, I guess, lessons around lockdown um, and what's been going on in my world before we get into today's episode, which is a great one, by the way, um, a fantastic conversation with Lauren Oliver from Mums Who Wine. Um, and she's a complete inspiration. So really looking forward to bringing that to you. When I think about lockdown and the lessons, I think, I mean, there are so many lessons that come with it. I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know, in Melbourne last year, it felt as though we were in lockdown for most of the year. And this meant that a lot of families, well, you know, a huge amount of families were home um, with, you know, kids and in tow, either, you know, homeschooling, parents trying to do their jobs. You know, I certainly, from my perspective, had two under two and was similarly trying to juggle work with a partner who also had a full-time job and, and um, you know, not even having parks being open. It was, it was pretty brutal for a number of months there. Um, and I think that, look, the lesson really is around just how unpredictable life can be and really needing to roll with the punches, which is certainly easier said than done, particularly when your business is, relies on, for example, some level of consistency and predictability, which is like most businesses out there. Um, so although this time around we were in lockdown again, I felt as though at least I was a little bit more prepared <laughs> um, for, for what was to come. But I, I certainly felt, you know, I, I feel for those businesses out there and, and who particularly because lockdown was over Valentine's Day, one of the busiest days of the year for, for example, hospitality, um, you know, all that leftover stock and, and all of that, that, you know, that, that would go to waste um, because of the lockdown. But uh, understandably, this is what we have to do in the times that we're living in. Um, I mean, I also just want to put a shout out to those who have had weddings and funerals and other significant events in their lives, which have been massively impacted by by all of this. I mean, God, where do you even start? I feel like everyone somehow has been touched by what's happening. And as I said, I guess it's just a lesson in acceptance in trying to, you know, minimize frustration when things don't go to plan, which for a personality type like me, type A, it's a really challenging thing, but something I'm certainly just trying to work on and reminding myself that at the end of the day, you know, you're healthy, you're safe and 
there's always someone out there who's unfortunately dealing with much tougher circumstances. So I guess that level of gratitude as well sort of comes comes into play here. When I talk about my win for the week, I mean, when I look back on lockdown last year, you know, we didn't have childcare, we didn't have a nanny. I was very fortunate enough to have my parents look after Charlie during his first three months of life. And that was when COVID was obviously around and happening, um, but it hadn't intensified as much as um, as it did later on. Um, certainly words can't describe what it means to have that level of support. Um, and particularly for me, it was during the time in which Charlie was so fresh and new, so not to have to look after I, I, Noah at the same time, just, I, I, you know, words can't describe the level of gratitude I had. But then following that, obviously lockdown intensified and we were back on our own again. And we didn't ha- really have support outside of Jules and myself. And, um, and you know, it, it was tough as most parents can attest to. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how, how single parents would have sort of handled a situation like that. Honestly, my hat goes off to you. This time around, Noah was able to go to childcare, which was just fantastic from, I guess, everyone's perspective, him being able to run around and engage with other children, us not feeling like we've got a little toddler nipping at our feet all day while we're trying to, you know, juggle our to-do lists and work. Um, We're also fortunate that our nanny was able to come and look after Charlie on some of the days. Um, She lives within a 5K radius. And so being able to also have that support was, you know, I was beyond grateful for. One thing all of this has taught me as well is the need for connection and how lonely life can actually be if you're not connecting and and not making the effort to. I know during the lockdown, for example, I, I would listen to podcasts relentlessly because I was just looking for for something to connect to. And actually, that's why I started this podcast. It was during lockdown. It was an excuse for me to, to sort of preoccupy myself with something that I felt was really positive and that I felt could potentially have great impact. But also, it was a way for me to start having conversations with people outside of my family around things that I was really passionate about. Connection is such a big part of, you know, positive mental health and particularly for us mums, but also for, for everyone. So look, talking about connection today, as I mentioned, I'm speaking to Lauren from Mums Who Wine. She's built a whole business around supporting and connecting mums, helping mums find their tribe. In this conversation, we talk about why Lauren transitioned from her corporate job to founding this very noble company with such a fantastic mission. We also discuss the pressure that we put on ourselves as mothers to be perfect, to be insta-perfect, and why taking the time to invest in ourselves and our relationships is just so important. Let's cut to the conversation. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely thrilled to have you with us here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Look, a mutual friend told me about Mums Who Wine. And then the first thing I did was I jumped on your Instagram and then I fell instantly in love with you because I was like, who is this? Who is this amazing mother that, and, you know, and just woman who's just doing amazing things and more. And what I loved the most and what got me was just how real you are in your posts. And I was like, you know what? This is like the pinnacle of like honest motherhood right here. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you. Thank you for true. being so real. <laughs> oh, no, I, I think, and I think especially I've, I mean, I've always been real, but I think since having my mm. third baby, which I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about, I've just gone next level with it. And I've just, and I've had so it. many people say, thank you. I realize I'm not mm. on my own. And I think it's yes. we need that. I always say, you know, don't look at the highlight reel of Instagram. It's not mm-hmm. real. So no highlight reel here. I put it all out there. So I <laughs> love you. it. And th- it's so what I'm trying to do as well. And this is, well, that's basically why the 
you know, this podcast exists. It's let's talk about the real stuff and, and what, you know, what challenges we really do face as mums. Um, for our audience's benefit, I've actually got a post that you put up and I want to read it because it just, okay. it, I was just like, yes. Okay. So you say, before I had kids, I said I would never let them watch my phone. They wouldn't have dummies. They would only eat organic and I would only drink on weekends. Yeah, look how that turned out. Mind you, there's a photo with you, a glass of wine and your two boys staring at a phone. <laughs> this is me early last year, smashing a vino on a Wednesday while the boys are entertained with the phone, using a dummy and about to smash a bowl of hot chips for dinner. Today, as a mum of three, I gave the boys my phone and a lollipop at 9.30am so I could have an hour to myself and watch Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> in peace. The moral of the story, take off all expectations and hashtag just do you, no judgment here. I was like, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Drop the mic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah. And I love that photo. I was looking through photos oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause it, I think, you know, before you have kids, you're like, I'm never going to let them have a phone. I'm never going to yep. let them have sugar, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever you need to do, if it means oh. you can sit there and have a hot meal while they watch yes. something on your phone, do it. Like, oh, no judgment. Oh, totally. <laughs> I've got my little one, and I'm, um, you know, I'm breastfeeding at the moment. Try and tame a toddler while you breastfeed. Like, oh. it's it's like cyclone. It's manic. So, darling, phone time only when mum breastfeeds. <laughs> like, oh yeah, only when mum needs like five minutes to herself, which is actually more often than not. <laughs> but he knows, and you just gotta gets- do it. <laughs> You've got it, like whatever works, right? But yeah, so no, I I just thought that just encapsulated, you know, you and in a nutshell, in as far as your honesty goes. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about your motherhood journey. So what was life like before children? And then, you know, did you always want kids? And then, you know, was it a smooth ride? Talk me through it. <laughs> you can see I'm laughing at that already. Um, <laughs> so life before kids. Well, so I was a corporate lawyer. Um, I was working... I worked for 10 years as a corporate lawyer. I was specialised in insurance, in work cover claims um, and specialised in psychiatric injuries, actually, which led to my interest and, I guess, heart for um, mental disorders and helping people like that. Um, Mm. But did I want kids? No, (laughs) I actually didn't (laughs) want children. Mm. I shouldn't say I never wanted them, but I had a lot of – I was very corporate-driven. I was very – you know, corporate, corporate, corporate. I was, I wanted to be a partner by the time I was 30. I wanted to drive the BMW. I wanted to, you know, wear the Louis Vuitton and all of that. Mm. And it was, you know, the corporate dream. So, and it was what I'd always wanted to do since I was basically 13. I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. So I looked and I had, and it's a lot of actual junk that I think had I just developed um, mindset things about if I had children, then they would get in the way, which to a degree, Mm. let's be honest, they kind of do in terms of, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. Mm. So I was... I was really unsure because I knew that if I had children, that would interfere with my, you know, my dream and my corporate journey. So then I met Mark, who is a primary school teacher by trade. He's a country boy. He like literally children flocked to him. And we had to have that conversation. I said, look, I'm not completely closed off, but I don't want to have kids till I'm 40 because by that stage I'll be a partner, I'll be established. But if I took time off, it won't jeopardise my career. Um, And that was that. But then we ended up having kids a bit earlier. So if someone had have said to me that I'd be a mother Mm. of three and that Mm. I would have quit my corporate job, which we'll probably get to, uh, I would have slapped them in the face and called them crazy. So it's definitely, and I think that's why I am so passionate about supporting and helping mothers because it's not like I'm, I don't look at myself as this really nurturing. I always wanted to be a mum, and, you know, I, I was like, no, I actually didn't want that, but I've, I'm a mum now and, of course, I love it and I want to support other mums. But to take off that whole, like we were talking before, you know, the highlight reel of Instagram and that perfect, oh, I'm going to be only eat organic and I'm not going to mm. give them sugar because that's not real life. Like hats mm. off to you if you can do that. I can't. <laughs> and that's no, okay. No. And we need to, yeah. as mothers, we need to, it is a tough gig and we need to support mm. each other. And those like myself who 
you know, it doesn't real like it's not that it doesn't come naturally, but it's not something that was ever, you know, in my set plan. It was it's just mm. sort of what where I am now at 37 as a mum of three. <laughs> mm, I think that could resonate a lot with, you know, certainly myself, but our audience as well. I mean, we are sort of, um, you know, we're business corporate women who, um, you know, are just navigating this, you know, messy journey of motherhood as well. And, um, and you're right. There's, there is never the right time. And particularly when you've got career goals and objectives, you know, where do you start? But then there's that body clock too. Mm -hmm. What made you make the decision that, yes, I am ready for children? It was funny. It was, it, it literally happened overnight. It was like, it was something supernatural, I think, because I was Mm -hmm. like so shocked because, I, so Mark and I got married. Um, I was still working, obviously, in the city corporate gig. Uh, I was um, a senior associate at the law firm that I was working at at that point. You know, partnership was a very, you know, a very real potential. And mm. then um, I think it was I was around 30 and then I was actually getting those injections. What are the ones you, you get the injections and it's a birth control and it means you don't get your period? Mm-hmm. I went to the doctor and he's like, are you planning on having kids anytime soon? I'm like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. So hit me up. And then a couple of months later, I was just looking at my girlfriend with her little girl and it's like literally something shifted and I just looked and went, oh, my gosh, I want to have a baby oh my gosh, I want to have a baby and I want one right now. And so then I had to go back to my doctor and I said, oh, like, and anyway, so thankfully we, you know, we managed, we got pregnant and we had our first son, Thomas. So that was, he's now six and a half. Wow. And um, once you did have Thomas, what was that first year like for you? And also trying to navigate your career at that point and everything. Yeah, look, I think with Thomas, it was probably, I mean, it's your first, but it was probably, he was probably my easiest baby, the stage of life that I was at. Um, we lived down on the Mornington Peninsula. So I would just, you know, go for walks and I would watch Foxtel and, and all of that. And, and I, I kind of enjoyed the time off. I ended up having 13 months off. Um, mm. but during that time, I actually accepted a voluntary redundancy from my, my the firm that I was at mm-hmm. and I was waiting on another job at a top-tier law firm which I'd, who I'd met with. And, um, yeah, that so there was, there was that time in between which I actually didn't have a job. I was, you know, I was redundant and there was potential of a job. We were just sort of having some discussions. Mm-hmm. And people would speak to me and say, so what do you do? And there was so much of my identity wrapped up in the fact that I was a lawyer. But mm. of, yes, I was a lawyer, but I wasn't working. I'm like, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a mum. I'm a mum, and that mm. really kind of resonated. And I was like, oh, you know, and that mm. it hit something in me. And that's why I think we need to recognise the role as mum because it's a very big one, and it's so empowering. And what we do, it's crazy. Um, but then I ended up going back to work. Um, as I said, I got this job and I ended up going back to work full time and Mark became a stay at home dad. And Mm. so, but so it was more my maternity leave with Billy, who's my second. I was, I found the juggle really, I found it difficult being away from work. Um, I ended up going back to work six months um, after I had him, I cut my maternity leave short mm. because I just secured a major client before I went on maternity leave and they wanted to deal with me and I felt the pull back because I'm like, if I go back, I'll get partner. Mm. Um, and I also launched Mums Who Wine the same week that I went back after maternity leave, which was oh, probably wow. the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> so even in my maternity leave, I had the idea for Mums Who Wine when Billy was two weeks old and I spent my maternity leave putting a business together. So that was probably my biggest juggle of a maternity mm. leave and one that I, I, yeah, I kind of struggled with and I felt like I probably didn't really get that time with him because I was very distracted with other things. Mm. What about, talk to me about mum guilt. I mean, uh, you kind of alluded to that, right? Like even when you are home being distracted, again, I can so relate. I started this podcast when my little one was about a month old. Um, But mind you, it was more like me sitting there on my notes, writing ideas down, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. again, I can really relate. How do you navigate that? And, you know, what does it look like for you? Yeah. And you know what? Everyone has it. And it's something that I really try to with three mums who whine, it's to really try and get past the mum guilt because we all, we're all just doing the best that we can. But look, I had a lot of mum guilt. Um, 
for being a, a full-time, you know, going back to work full-time, even though Mark was staying at home, he he was having time with Thomas that he would have never had ordinarily. We made that decision based on, you know, I was wanting to go further in my career. Mark was a teacher. He'd sort of, he wanted a bit of a break and explore other opportunities. So it all made sense. And even mm. though Thomas was happy, they would send me videos of them at the park. You know, I was kicking goals at work. I still really felt guilty. But I think the biggest thing I felt guilty about was, and this is why I started Mums Who Won, is that I came home and I had been at work all day and I wanted time for myself because time at work is not really time for yourself. And I wanted to go out for a drink with girlfriends, but I would just constantly hear this voice like, but you've been at work all day. You haven't been with your child. How dare you go out for and do something for yourself? You should be, mm. you know. And mm. that's when I realised that so I, you know, I kind of shut that down for a while and, and I didn't do things for myself and I realised that I was not the best version of myself because I wasn't having time for myself. I was working and then all my other time I was trying to be a mum and I was trying to catch up on time and mm. that's when I'm like, no, I need to do something and I need to, we'd moved to the city at that point. I didn't know anyone um, and I just put a call out on a local mums and bubs Facebook group and I said, Hi, ladies, I don't know anyone, but I'd really love to have a glass of wine and meet some mum friends so that I knew that I could have, you know, go out and have a glass of wine on a Wednesday night and it would be after Thomas was asleep, so it didn't matter, Mm -hmm. but setting that time aside. So I really beat myself up with the mum guilt when I was still working and that's essentially what led me to start Mums Who Wine and follow this and really help mums get past that mum guilt. Mm. So was it at that point you mentioned that your second born, um, you were two weeks in and you started putting this idea together around Mums Who Wine? Was it was it at that point that you did the Facebook reach out? How talk me through the process of how it sort of um originated. Yeah, sure. No, so it was actually in 2015 when I moved up here, we made the decision, we were on the Mornington Peninsula and I was travelling three hours a day to get to work and I just was never seeing Thomas. So we made the decision to move up, uh, leave all our family, friends, social network and move up to a suburb I'd never heard of to be closer to the city. Um, And that was when I put a call out and said, I don't know anyone. And so I just, it started just as I just wanted to meet some friends. And then um, lots of people responded back and said, yeah, that'd be great. So I organized one dinner and then they, we had, I think uh, maybe nine or 10 mums. And I'm like, great job done. I found some friends. And then Mm. mums kept contacting me and saying, are you going to do another one? I missed the last one. And then long story short, I would organize monthly dinners for mums in my area to meet and connect and make friends because motherhood's very isolating because you're spending all your time with your kids and you can't actually have those. And you'd know yourself, like having two under Mm -hmm. two, you can't have those chats and those deep, build those deep relationships necessarily when kids are around because you're always distracted. Mm -hmm. So um, I ran, I was doing monthly events and I started a Facebook group, which was just to build the community that was at I think that reached 2,000 people in my area our events were selling out in 40 minutes and that's when I'd had Billy I was on maternity leave he was 10 days old and one of my girlfriends pulled me aside and said you need to start a business like there's something in this you know people Mm. love are loving these events they're loving this community they're building they love what you stand for and I was like, but I didn't start this to make money. I don't. I felt really torn about it. Anyway, I sat on it and then over the next few months I developed it and then I launched it as a business uh, in June 2017. What are we in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2017, uh, just after, yeah, and, and then I went back to work. So at what point did you then say corporate job, adios, <laughs> I'm on the uh, entrepreneur bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. So it was around November. So I, I was doing the mum juggle. I was working three days a week. I'd negotiate because I came back early. I negotiated that I could do some days at home, but Billy was a horrendous sleeper. So I'm sitting there trying to do a legal advice. He'd have a 40 minute cat nap, not even at times. And I remember coming home from work one night, I think I'd done a 12, 14 hour day. I literally grabbed my laptop 
to go straight back into work. And Mark said something to me and I just snapped. And I said, do you have any idea how much pressure I'm under? And he just looked at me and he said, just quit. And I'm like, what? Like I looked at him with utter disdain. I'm like, what do you mean quit? Like how can I quit my job? And he's Mm -hmm. like, just quit. Anyway, we went over it and I said, I can't quit. I'm the main breadwinner. We're trying to save for a house. And he's like, don't worry about it. We'll keep renting. Just quit. And I'm like, and then the thing that really came out, which I realized with my identity was like, but what would people say? And as soon as I said it, I heard this little voice say, you know, that's your pride. And then Mark, two seconds later, you know, that's your pride. And I went, okay, yep, I get it. And then I said, what would I even say? Like, how do I quit my job, which I've worked so hard for, you know, I was at uni for six years. I was, I worked there for 10 years and he Mm. goes, just go in and say, you've started something that is changing the lives of mums and back yourself. And I just went, bang. Okay. So I went in there and I said, I've started this and I'm seeing an incredible impact in the lives of mums and I just really want to pursue it. And they were really supportive. I mean, it's not like I was going to another firm and they said, your job's always waiting for you if you want to come back. And I thought I gave myself two years. I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a crack for two years and see what comes from it. And I can always go back to law. I've, I've, got a reputation. I could always get a job. And Mm. then it came to the two year mark. And obviously mums who aren't is quite big now and we're Mm. across the country. So I just thought, no, I'm going to keep doing this. When you said that I'm changing the lives of mums, like I literally got chills like that. I mean, honestly, when you look back on your life in the future, mm-hmm. you just think, wow, like what an impact. Yeah, so you. that's a massive, massive decision. And and from a personal standpoint as well, as you said, I mean, you come, came from that whole similar to myself where it's like, I want the car and I want the nice things. I'm going to work mm-hmm. my ass off. And even if I'm stressed out, that's just going to be all worth it. And to this very sort of, you know, impactful in a very different way, um, you know, business, uh, what was the driving factor for you? Why was it so important to you to take that path? Is it that you'd experience, you know, a lot of challenges yourself as a mum and therefore you just felt this is just my calling or what was it exactly? To be honest, it was, it wasn't as much from a personal perspective. Like I think everyone has challenges as mums, um, but I would, um, oh, I'm going to get teary. Um, I would be at these events that I had organised with these mums and, you know, they would come up to me and I'd had multiple mums come up to me and just look at me and say, thank you for starting this. I made a friend tonight. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, like, or Mm. they would come up and they would share, uh, you know, how they've been really struggling, whether it's postnatal depression or just struggling with mum life and they're like, thank you so much for doing this. And then even through Mums Who Wine, obviously with, you know, we, we do events but they're on the side now. We've, you know, we've got our membership and we've got this beautiful community which, which is all about empowering mothers, building community, changing lives. And the messages that I get, people just thanking me saying, you made me realise that I'm not on my own. And like you said, I, I just always say at the end of the day at my funeral, if one person stands up and says, my life was made better by something that Lauren did. I feel mm-hmm. like my job is done. It's not about money. It's not about status. It's about what impact you can have. And mm-hmm. I've always been community driven and focused and I always love helping and supporting people. So so to know that I'm having that positive impact on mums and just recognising that they can actually say, no, I'm going to take some time for myself or mm-hmm. or putting their hands up and saying, I don't really have a mum friend and I've, you know, connected mums and they go and, you know, have a, a mum date at the park or, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of mums that come up to me and say, you see all these friends, they're all because of you because I, I you introduced me. So I wow. think it's just, yeah, I feel like because people go, oh, do you miss law? And I'm like, I miss the money, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I miss the money. Um, but I just could not, I couldn't go back to it and leave what I'm doing behind and not give it 100% of everything that I am. What a great way to live, honestly. Talk to me about your self-care saves campaign and how that ties into the Mums Who Wine component and your drive around all of that. Yeah, sure. So, our whole messaging is all about self-care, obviously, and I, but I feel like the word self-care gets thrown around a lot and a lot of people don't really understand it. But I think it was 
uh, I think it was 2017 or was it 2018? I think it was 2018. And, um, it was coming up to Panda Week, which is so we support Panda, which is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, and we donate five percent of all of our proceeds to them. And it was coming up to the week, which is focused on raising awareness about um, Panda and postnatal. And I just was driving, and I had this idea to create a campaign called Self Care Saves because whenever I speak, if it's a speaking engagement or something, I always share. It's like Self Care Saves your identity, your relationships, and it can mm. save lives because if you're taking time for yourself and supporting your mental health, then you're having a positive impact on on you and people around you and can actually save your, save your life. So mm. I created a campaign where I made um, T-shirts and tanks that said self-care saves and mm. we do, sold them for 30 days and we donated 100% of the profits or actually 100% all proceeds to Panda and I just yeah. was driving and I just thought I just want to raise $10,000 in 30 days and that mm. was I didn't have I didn't have a team it was just me I'm, I'm kind of a go hard or go home kind of person <laughs> and mm. I put this out there I put it out into the universe and I uh, just really felt that this was something that I wanted to do and it was bloody hard work but we mm-hmm. raised over $12,000 in that 30-day wow. period for Panda Jeez. and which was incredible and from mm-hmm. there that's just become our hashtag and it's become our mantra because you know everything like you know I'm drinking a water bottle that has self-care saves on it at the moment and it's mm. like, oh, well, I'm just going to stop and have a coffee because, you know, self-care saves mm. and to see people really adopt it and, you know, take hold of it. And since that date, we've we've raised forty over $40,000 for Panda through all wow. of our campaigning and, and things like that. And it's, yeah, it's our message. And I think it's actually, we ran a self-care saves week for the first time this year. We had 1,400 mums sign up. It was completely free and it was just mm-hmm. a week to, they got a daily email from me, a video, and it was just setting, giving them one task for the day. So, you know, day one, was like stop and have a hot cup of coffee don't you know Mm. put boil the kettle forget to boil it you know go back Mm. have it lukewarm and give yourself five minutes and then I created playlists and you know audio book recommendations and just to encourage mums whether it's five minutes 30 minutes to stop and take that time for yourselves because I really do think it's we need it as mums otherwise we're we're running on empty and we need to be the best version of ourselves for our little people and our families and our community, really. Oh, I could not agree more. I mean, I think that that is so admirable and what a worthy cause. What do you notice? And you've sort of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, you'd speak to so many mums through your events and, and the work that you do. What are some of the common challenges that that you're noticing? I mean, you sort of mentioned just time for yourself is a massive thing as a mother to carve out. Um other things that you're noticing, what comes to mind? I think I think it's definitely the time for yourself because you feel, I don't know, as women and mothers particularly, we're very selfless. We give out and we're constantly giving, 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 and we leave nothing for ourselves. And you hear, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup and you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. But, you know, research shows that if you look after yourself first and then your relationship so that, you know, your kids are in a positive home and and whatnot, Mm -hmm. if you are in a relationship, obviously, um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, look after your children, of course, you need to look after the feed them and things like that. But if you're giving 100% of your self to your children, to your family, you have nothing left for yourself and you're literally running on empty. And Mm. I know like if I haven't done anything for myself and it's different for everyone. So it might, for me, it's catching up for a glass of wine or a coffee with girlfriends. I'm a very Mm. social person. Another person, it might be just going and doing an art class or going for a walk on their own. But actually setting aside that time and recognising that it's not selfish, it's actually self-care and it's a necessity, you know. It's not like, oh, so you just, you know, you're a bad mum, you're going and having a drink at the wine bar or you're going and just, you know, obviously you've got your kids looked after, you're going and doing an art class, you, you should be spending mm-hmm. time with your children. Well, no, mm-hmm. I'm setting aside that one hour for myself. Um, another thing that I, th- I feel like, especially as new mums, Mm. is losing your sense of identity Mm. because 
people who are you away from your children you know and that's why for example with our membership we partner with 300 businesses across Australia who all give our mums VIP treatment when they go out and it's things to do away from the children so there's nothing no children related businesses so it's you know today for example I went out for breakfast with Mark and we took Arielle obviously because she's like four months old and we had to (laughs) but um you know, by sitting down and having a meal, they give you a free coffee to say good on you for taking time for yourself or, you know, going and ha- shopping at the local boutique, they'll give you 10% off for being a member mm-hmm. because it's like, yay, you're spending money on yourself, good on you to, to encourage. And I think people just, you know, it's a beautiful and empowering role as a mum, but you are someone aside from that and it's mm. okay to miss that person. It's okay to still want to be connected with that person. You're not a bad mother because you want to go out and spend a night and not, you know, not be talking about the children. You're actually a good mother because you're being really balanced and you're also showing your children that that is important and maintaining your relationships and your friendships and serving in the community is important and that it's not just about your little nuclear bubble. Oh, absolutely. It's about getting that balance, isn't it? And it's very easily forgotten, as 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 you said. Um, when you are mentioning the importance of the self-care piece and then your relationship, as you mentioned, if you are in a relationship or not, um, and then obviously the kids. Um, I It just reminded me, I went to this, uh, Tony Robbins did this date with Destiny five days. Oh, yeah, my girlfriend did that. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and and I, he had a full day on relationships and that's one of the things he said. He said, you know, you've got to put your relationship even before your children. He said, I know that's controversial, Mm -hmm. but trust me. And at the time I wasn't a mother and I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Put in a date night every now and then that makes sense to me, you know, and then you become a mother (laughs) and it is all consuming, particularly like, you know, it's almost like literally overnight you've gone Mm -hmm. from, you know, it's all about me. It's all about my partner to, oh my gosh, I can't think of anything else, but this little being that I've got to keep alive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is really tough. And it took, took, um, Jules and I, my partner, uh, you know, a good probably seven months of just all about the baby until we got the baby sleep under control to then go, okay, great. We can organize a babysitter and we can have our date nights. And, and, and I'm really, that resonates so much mm-hmm. with me now, what Tony was saying, because yeah, if you're not set up in a way that, you know, you, you're a team and you're, you know, you've really got each other's back. And if both of your tanks are not full enough, um, it can, lead for a really kind of, you know, um, unpleasant environment to be in and for your children to be in too. Absolutely. And you go into survival mode as well. And so one thing that we, because Mark and I are very passionate about that, about supporting families and um, on our member hub, which I actually put onto our Mums Who Wine page. So if any of the listeners want to have a a look at it, it's called Mm -hmm. 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. And it's just setting aside 10 minutes a day. And I go Mm -hmm. through the different steps and processes and it's literally just going out and having a drink with your partner, talking only positive things and then you come in, you're on the same page and it's, you know, right before bed and bath time. But just actually because we're all like, I'm too busy to go on a date night. I don't have, I can't afford it. Can you afford 10 minutes just to show them? And it's even like, so if Mark gets home from work, the first person he comes to is me and he kisses me, says, hi, babe. And then he goes to the kids. It's like the kids run up to him and cuddle him, of course, but his priority and he he always wants to honour and empower me and say, how was your day, babe? oh, hey, kitties, how are you? Like he doesn't ignore them, obviously, but yeah, like just yeah. to, to note they can see that it's always about mummy and how much he loves mummy. And and I think we just do, and it's not a it's not a bad thing because we love our little humans and we they are all consuming, but to mm. set that time aside, it's so important. So what made you um, want to focus in on that specifically? So we actually, the 10 minutes to save your marriage. Yeah. 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 We actually, Mark and I went to a marriage retreat a uh, few years oh, ago. And, how um, cool. Okay. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah. So yeah. one of my girlfriends, she's a psychologist and she went yeah. through it all. And, and I'm like, this is gold. This is life changing. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few of the mums have been putting it into place and they message me and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like my marriage has gotten so much better. And because I think, you know, if you start with the mum first and look after her and then obviously the dad as well because they need to fill their tank and, and they can also suffer from 
PND and and things like that. And if you can preserve and look after both of you together, then your children are going to thrive. Amazing. I'm totally going to check out your 10 minute. Um, That's that's awesome. And I love that you've condensed it down to 10 minutes because sometimes more than that can be a lot to handle. Other resources around that that you might sort of recommend to us mums? Yeah, I'm just, I get a lot of stuff, uh, probably not so much around motherhood, but just general, um, I love Brene Brown. I feel oh, so like you know, she's, she's amazing. Like amazing. Yes. Um, and I just try to set time aside each morning. I have, mm-hmm. so I, I wake up and obviously deal with the kids, but I try to set time aside and I just listen to whether it's a 10 minute podcast or a 10 minute, like YouTube has so many great resources. I listen to things from Tony Robbins. I think he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of encourage and empower you, I um, do a lot of audio. I've got a lot of audio books around, you know, there's motherhood and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But often it's just like things on social media and, and all of mm-hmm. that, those sort of resources. But there's some brilliant things out there though. But I, like mm-hmm. Brene Brown, I think even just the whole guilt and shame yeah. and which, I, you know, we talk about mummy guilt and, mm. and feeling like feeling ashamed of things or feeling mm. like you're not a good mum. Like, and that's why, and I actually openly shared about my motherhood journey that I thought that I was a really bad mum because I felt like it didn't come naturally to me. And I would mm. handball a lot of the responsibility off to Mark because he was just born to be a dad. Uh, mm. But to actually have that breakthrough and go, well, no, I am a good mum and I am doing the best that I can. And I think, I think mums just need to hear that from people that, you know, you're a good mum, like you're doing, you're doing amazing, but we're, we're so hard on ourselves. Oh yeah. What was the turning point for you given that, um, given that you initially were like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. What happened that you then sort of were able to reflect and go, actually, no, I'm doing a great job. I think it was, it's really only been, to be honest, it was this year when I was sharing about my motherhood journey and it was like I had the revelation as I was talking. I was really emotional. It was a it was a really raw moment and I just was saying I think I was so fearful of being a bad mum. I was fearful of resenting my children because of the fact that they had hindered my career, which in effect they did because I decided yeah. to quit become being a lawyer, but obviously an even better career. But um but I think it was just recognizing that I am a good mum because I, you know, I take care of myself. They, I give them the best that I can. We're all just, no, like there's no rule book. There's no handbook. Like there's resources. But I think it was just talking about it. Honestly, I think as mums we need to talk more. We need mm. to share more. We need to have a space. And that's why I'm very open and raw, as you said, because mm. I feel like that opens up conversations. And even the self-care saves that seeing that hashtag, mm. people ask about it and say, what is mm. that? And I think that if you sit down with one of your mum friends and just say, I'm really struggling, then they'll be, oh my gosh, me too. But we're Mm. all so focused on being these Insta perfect mums with these great, beautiful kids dressed in country road and, you know, all of that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, (laughs) if I could do it, but anyway, um, (laughs) but it's just to know that it is just to be real and to know that it's, it's not weakness you're not a bad mum if you're struggling you're a good mum and by accepting it and acknowledging it and getting help or even just you know going and just having a big cry you feel better Mm -hmm. for it and you recognize Mm -hmm. that you're human otherwise we're just carry especially at the moment with COVID like we're carrying so much anyway and then Mm -hmm. to add mum guilt and shame and I'm not doing enough and like we bought iPads for the kids during second mm-hmm. lockdown, they literally sat on them for most of the day because I'm yeah. I've got a new baby. Mark was still working yeah. at home. I yeah. was take maternity leave, mm. couldn't because you know I had to keep a business alive. And mm. I'm like that's why I'm like, you just do you. You you do what you oh. need to do. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's survival in a way, isn't it? It's just whatever works. And I think you're right. I mean, circling back to what we started with, there is, there tends to be that element of like, you know, shame or hush hush around, particularly things like, you know, technology with kids. And, and you're right. It's not getting down on yourself when you don't reach those 
unreachable targets that we set for each other. I mean, I even, while I'm watching Noah on the phone, I still to this day go, oh, I feel a bit guilty. Maybe I should be, maybe he should be colouring in. Maybe, But if he colours in while I'm trying to breastfeed um, Charlie, he will colour in for three minutes and then he'll be colouring in all over the walls and then, (laughs) you know, all over his clothes and I'll just be like, that's why I'm like, the phone's the easiest way, just shuts him up. (laughs) And it is, it's whatever works. And if it's for a purpose as well, like if it's for you breastfeeding Mm -hmm. or at a restaurant, if it's just so you can sit and Mm -hmm. eat your dinner and it's a hot meal, then it's okay. If they're on 24-7, yeah, that's a different story. But like with the boys with their iPads, that was all educational things that they were Mm -hmm. on. We'd limit that if it was like if they wanted to watch a show, they could watch it for half an hour and things like that. So that's when, you you know, you can bring in different measures. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that we all have this view of what we should be and it's Mm -hmm. like who who made that rule? Like you're – you're your own worst critic. Like no one's judging yeah. you. Stop judges, judging yourself. And if they are judging yeah. you, they're not your people. So That's get them true, out of your life. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. What would be any final word, words of advice to our mums around the way in which, you know, we live our lives and, and things we, we can be mindful of? Mm-hmm. My favourite quote, and I think it sums it all up, is comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. So the moment that you compare yourself what you're doing compared to someone else. And this can be applied to motherhood or to anything. The moment Mm. that you look and go, they're doing it better than me, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know Mm. what struggles they're going through. You, You can't view others out of the lens of your own life because they're not you and you're not Mm. them. So, you know, look at them and if they, if they're doing something great, aspire to be like that, but, but don't take away from what you're doing in your own life. So, especially with social media, like during when I was breastfeeding Thomas, my first, like I'd be sitting there at 3am scrolling Instagram and this was before Mums Who Wine and all of that. Um, And I'd be looking at these beautiful mums that are like, you know, back into size six jeans and they've got these perfectly manicured fingers and I'm just like, I am failing. How am I doing this? And I'm like, well, of course, I can't compare myself to those. So as mum, as as women, as business women, as whoever it is, just, you know, don't compare yourself because it will rob you of your joy. Mm, I love that. How has motherhood changed you as a person? Oh, I'm a softie now. I am an absolute <laughs> softie. I like I cried before. So to put it into perspective, my nickname when I was a lawyer was the general. So I was very yeah. matter of fact. I was a very yeah. tough, tough negotiator. I was quite known in my field for that. And then mm. these little cute humans, they have mm. softened me. But I think it's actually been a really beautiful journey because it softened my heart to a mother a mother's heart is soft and I think that's why I struggled initially because I was like I'm not soft I'm not nurturing I'm not you know I'm not an overly affectionate person they're going to want to hug me all the time and blah 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 blah. but Mm. it's really softened me and it's given me a whole new perspective that it's not you know, corporate life, amazing for those people that are still doing it, that are doing the mum life and the corporate, honestly, amazing. I've got so many of my friends that are doing it. But mm. to just, they've they've opened my heart to a whole new journey. And if not for them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be having the impact that I'm having. And I wouldn't be, you know, changing the lives of mums across Australia and the world with mums who whine. It's, it's, you know, it's all for them. And I, I joke with, um, now that I've got my little girl, cause I've got two boys and Ariel mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, she's the future CEO of mums who whine. So, you know, she's making <laughs> on the business meetings and, you know, yes. she's doing this. So, um, and just to have that legacy for her, like this oh. is, this is a like, you know, it's only in its infancy still, it's only three years in, but the vision that we've got for this and the impact that we want to have, it's amazing. And to know that I'm setting this up for, for her and for the boys as well um, to, and just to show them to be kind to people and to build community and to love, it's, um, it's really powerful. Well, it's honestly so inspirational. Um, where can our audience find out more about you and Mums Who Wine? 
Absolutely. So our website is www.mumswhowine.com.au. Uh, our Instagram is mumswhowine underscore au and Facebook is just mumswhowine. And so they can sign up to become a member, which is $59 for the year. And with that, they, as I said, we partner with over 300 businesses across Australia who provide VIP benefits and it's every time they shop, it's not a once-off or it might be mm. buy some wine or you buy some skincare and all things mm. around self-care. We also run events across Australia and we also have a member hub where we I have been running live virtual cuppers for mums during COVID so that mums can mm. connect and still, you know, hear voices other than their children's Mm. and yeah and that's and that's the way that and as I said we support Panda as well so every Mm. membership we put towards put put towards that and we also have some merch and things that um we're coming out as well so with our message so yeah that's amazing I'll pop all of those details in the episode notes um it's very accessible isn't it for $59 a a year that's very accessible I mean I yeah, I yeah. just wanted to, like, I know that there's a lot of mums on maternity mm-hmm. leave and mm-hmm. like we are talking about before, the mum guilt, mums feel guilty about spending money on themselves. So, for example, yeah. with the membership tonight, I'm going to get a massage um, at my favourite place in Williamstown. It's a beautiful day spa. So their benefit mm-hmm. is the first time you go, you get a free facial worth $70 and then after that you get 15% discount. So if you yeah. buy a membership and use that once, then you've mm. made your money back. And yes, that's why, right. and, and, you know, we've got lots of online things as well for mums that might be in regional areas that can't mm. get out, you know, whether it's, you know, coffee orders or wine or online mm. um, trainings. If you want to do some Pilates, it's, it's very mm. accessible. So, you know, we want to make, we want to do that because that the messaging is to, we want it accessible for all mums. Mm. And then with the events, obviously you sort of just pay as you go depending on the event that you want to attend is that how it works yeah so with our members they get a between a 10 15 discount on each event and they get access to our pre-release because a lot of them sell out quick but it is open for non-members as well and yeah it's just if there's an event in your area you just buy Mm. a ticket through um through our system and Mm. a lot of mums come on their own as well because mums are like oh you know everyone knows everyone i Mm. or one of our ambassadors are at the door welcoming them and we say is this your first event we go and introduce them to mums who are also on their own or have you know, mm. come to events previously. It's mm. a really beautiful space and it is focused on building community as well. And that and our events are really accessible in terms of price. I think they're usually sort of around forty dollars and you get a drink and you get some food and you've got um door prizes and things like that. That is honestly amazing. I love your work. Keep putting out your amazing social media posts because I love following you. <laughs> I, I, I was working with um, Eliza, who is our general manager, yeah. and I'm like, I need mm. to have another meltdown or something because like, <laughs> like when things are going good, I'm like, what do I share? Yeah. Over's given me a few meltdowns and you know, today, all the problems with breastfeeding and things like that. As I said, third time oh, mummy yeah. think I would have that nailed, but no, it was tough. So, yeah. yeah. Um, no, thank you. That's really encouraging that you're liking what I'm putting out. Because I'm like, oh, absolutely. I, I don't want to share about. I don't want people things about the baby or motherhood. And people are like, yeah. hey, what a baby! So I'm like, okay. yes, absolutely. I'm inspired. That's for sure. So <laughs> I'm sure there are many, many people out there, all those followers of yours who are too. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for your time and for being here with us today, and for everything that you do for us mums. You should be incredibly proud of yourself. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. As I said, I love just talking about it, spreading the message. And if one more mum knows what we're doing, then I think that's really exciting. So I feel very honoured that you asked me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy. By subscribing to the podcast, every new episode will drop into your podcast library each week. Subscribing is also such an essential way for people to find us and to enable us to grow. Want to be part of the Mum Life community? Join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Mum Life Podcast. Until next time, keep living your best mum life.